Hello everyone, Dr. Julie here, and you are listening to my Coffee Chats podcast. I am a health researcher, PhD trained, and chef self-trained, on a mission to leave the next generation and our planet a lot more of a healthier place. This is your space to ask questions on topics that no one seems to want to discuss, with information that is backed by research, along with a good dose of practical advice. Real talk, real people, real answers. This podcast is proudly sponsored for 2024 by Momojo. Momojo is a local New Zealand company that produces award-winning kefir. Real kefir, not yogurt, which is going to help to keep your gut so nice and happy. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome back, beautiful people. We are here with another episode for you, and I've got three great caller questions, all food related. The first is on worrying about toddlers eating dinner. Second is on snack logs. You guys know I have a soft spot for those. And the third is on meal replacements. So let's get into it. First question, should I worry about my toddler not eating dinner? This is super common and it's definitely a frequently asked question. I do have a lot of toddler feeding tips across this podcast so new listeners do go back and binge listen to those uh, particularly at the start of last year but my simple answer to this is no and I'm going to repeat the importance of that division of responsibility but I will also unpack where that question comes from so what I hear parents very very frequently say to me is that they want their children to eat dinner because then they can be assured that their child is going to sleep through the night. Or at least that's going to take away the worry of one other variable that might be impacting their sleep. And what I will say on that is that that's not the thing that you should be worried about. Your toddler is not sleeping through the night because they haven't had sufficient food at dinner time and ultimately you also can't force that and I would highly recommend against it or against any techniques which might be in line with that. Now I don't want to discredit that fear and that worry. Sleep deprivation is massive for parents. It's an ongoing area that affects our well-being and there are a lot of social norms that work against us in that capacity. Generally by the time that you've got a toddler too, you're two years or three years deep into parenting and the chronic sleep deprivation and the impact of that is very significant. However, the answer is not trying to get your toddler to eat a good dinner. There is no science or biology behind that at all. Having the opportunity for protein at night is something that's going to be supportive of sleep. But note that I said opportunity. Now that is an area of a lot of confusion. And I have done a podcast on that as well. And I've got a blog on it on my website And there's no science, again, to suggest that having protein at night is going to impact sleep. In fact, it's the opposite. Protein and iron are essential for the circadian rhythm and essential for the release of melatonin, which starts at about 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. 
plus the evenings where all our growth and repair occurs through the night. And what's the primary macronutrient responsible for growth and repair? Protein. To just go back to the, we have no evidence to show that having dinner at night is going to be the, the fail-safe for it, is we don't. And that's also on the gross assumption that toddlers are actually hungry at dinner time. We don't know that. And in fact, if your toddler is not eating dinner, I'm going to make a very educated guess that they're actually not hungry. One of the most challenging aspects when it comes to particularly feeding toddlers, but babies and toddlers, until they can start to verbalise, and even then we still second guess it. But notice I said guess, because that's all we're doing, is we are guessing. We are not in our child's body. We aren't. We do not know for certain if they are in fact hungry. We can't because we're not in their body and feeling those hunger hormones. We are just making a guess based on what we think that they've eaten or not eaten or moved in a day or what they may or may not need. Your toddler is actually the best person to make that judgment. And if you think that they can't have the capabilities of that yet, I will gently suggest that, well, they do. And if you apply that division of responsibility right from your baby's first mouth of food, it actually is going to speed up that learning process for them. Now, if you haven't done that, what I can say is it's not too late and I would strongly encourage you actually use that framework because not only is it going to change your family eating like pretty much overnight, it's also going to help your toddler to recognize and express this and it's going to provide that beautiful foundation for what I call instinctual eating and it's going to give them the tools for mindful eating right from the beginning. Now I've got some podcasts coming up on mindful eating but in short what I mean by that is checking in to their bodies or checking into your own body and actually recognizing or assessing hey am I hungry? Am I full? Have I actually had enough? Can you imagine how different our lives as adults would be if we were given those tools right from the beginning? And I know that it's not easy, but remember that toddlers eat across an entire day. So just having dinner or having a sufficient dinner is not necessarily going to be the answer for them sleeping through the night. Our job is to provide those regular opportunities for food across the course of a day, generally at the same time so that your toddlers know that it's coming, but it is your toddler's responsibility to decide if they will eat and then how much. They may get it wrong, but it's unlikely that they're going to get it wrong a lot of the time because hunger cues are very strong. Most adults, and I say this at so many of my toddler talks, most adults, if all they had to do was come and sit at a table and have food brought out to them, that as soon as they start to hear the signs of the food being prepared or put on a plate, let alone see it and smell it, all of these things start the release of salivary amylase, which sends a signal to the brain. And if you are hungry, it's going to be really hard to say no to that food, even if it's not your favourite. Now remember, toddlers don't have impulse control until they are about the age of five, and even then it's about 95% developed. 
So they cannot override that strong hormonal impulse or release of their hunger hormones. Where I can also see parents get a little bit unstuck is where the use of bribes and rewards come in. And again, I do understand where this comes from because at the end of the day, it would just be great if our toddlers or our children just ate what was in front of them. And dealing with the food wastage can also be really challenging. I can't take that away, but I can acknowledge it. So should you worry if your toddler is not eating at dinner time? No. And you know what? Give it a go. Give it a go. See what happens. You won't know unless you try. And make sure that there's a collective agreement between you and whoever's in your primary parenting unit that we don't try and override when our toddler says no with that. because. When we do, or when one does and one doesn't, that's going to create some confusion for your toddler. Good luck and let me know how you get on. Second caller question. Ah, snack logs. I'm so stoked that someone asked me about this. Snack logs. Are they good? Are they not good? Are they actually a great snack? So (laughs) I'm going to actually break down the nutritional content of, of snack logs. I will explain where I use them. And... One of my very first podcasts, I actually talked about not putting food into good or bad. And I actually think that this is a great example because I think you could get a more nutritious snack than the snack logs. I think there might even be better bars or muesli bars out there. But there's a lot of considerations with that. There's also a lot worse. Personally, I love snack logs. I always have and I actually like the taste and I like the texture of them and I use them at certain points in my day when I'm needing the particular nutrients that they provide and also keeping in mind that yes they are store-bought I don't have to do anything with them and they come in a I guess like pre-prepared form that is easily transportable so again when we are assessing a food and whether we eat it or whether we use it, these things we need to take into account because like in the case with snack logs, I always have a box in my car and I'll generally have them after training and I know that they're there and they just live there and until I need to replace them or sometimes I'll even have a couple of boxes with me. I find them very easy to slip into my satchel bag, as you know, only one though, and to take travelling on a plane, for example. Homemade things like a homemade muffin definitely doesn't have the same transportable factor to it. I also have one particular flavour that I like which is the apricot and carob so I really like that that flavour. Every now and again I can't find that in the supermarket and then I will do the one with raisins in it but that's that's definitely my favourite. So the majority of a snack log is actually oats, which is also appealing to me as opposed to flour, for example. So it's 18% oats and has 14% peanuts. So you're getting a good amount of fat in that with, with the peanuts. Those are the like the pro ingredients in there. There are some ingredients in there which, I mean, if I had my way, wouldn't be in there. So there is some emulsifiers. There is margarine. Now, where possible in my diet, I try to avoid any form of uh, inflammatory oils at all. So this does have margarine in it, a small amount, but it does have it in there. And it does have sugar, brown and brown sugar in particular, along with some juice concentrates. It's 35% 
sugar. Now, that's that's worth taking into account. It's 51% carbohydrate overall. So it is, you know, sort of half carbohydrate. It's got a reasonable amount of protein. There's nearly five grams of protein per serve, which I think is pretty good for a like a bar and a bar that's not like strictly a, a protein bar. Now, where I use this definitely is post-training for me. So I often do need a little bit of carbohydrate and, and even a little bit of sugar post-training. My, tra- my training can be very intense and that's both in terms of cardio as well as weight training. I like still having some protein afterwards and particularly uh, in the last year where my training has increased in terms of volume and intensity, I've definitely found the need for more protein. So I often have a snack log typically along with a protein shake, uh, which is like heavy protein. And post-training, needing to replenish a little bit of that carbohydrate and needing to replenish it with in that refined form of sugar is, is definitely something that I would do. I wouldn't typically use a snack log like outside of like when I'm not training or, or not as a, as a post-training snack. Sometimes though, like when I'm just needing, for example, like I just want a coffee and something a little bit sweeter to get me through, that's where I'd use that. And I would also use my cookie mixes in, in the same way, a little bit of sugar, but some other good ingredients in there. Have I given them to my kids too? Yep, definitely. So in terms of yay or nay, as you can see here, what I've given is what I I hope to be kind of the, the complete picture. I would really love it if they didn't have margarine in them. Um, however, they, they work for me in all other areas. Like a heavy kind of nut type muesli bar, I would struggle to eat that post-training. So again, this is where it's sort of like, well, there's perfect nutrition, then there's how we're using it and why we're using it. And also, I just like I really like the taste of it. It doesn't taste too super sweet, and I know that's because the oats are balancing it out, and, and the same with the peanuts. And yes, as I said, they are my my little uh, my little soft spot. And like I think we've all we've all got them. So I hope that kind of gives you a little bit of a balanced view on snack logs, and they may work for you. They may not work for you. Last caller question: meal replacements versus actual food <sighs> sigh <laughs> you probably know my answer to that just based on my sigh real food always 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 real food now I'm not saying that there might not be a time and a place for a liquid food and I just mentioned using protein shakes and like where I use a protein shake as well which is not the only place that I use but but specifically post training I definitely do but in terms of using a meal replacement uh, versus actual food, unless there is a like reason that you would need to use a meal replacement in terms of, for example, uh, like post-surgery or you've had to have your wisdom teeth out and like you're really struggling to eat actual food, I would always, always, always recommend actual food. Why? Because it's actually going to give you those mindful eating skills and practices which are ongoing. They are. And if you're using them for weight loss, like I I really worry about that. I understand why. And when I spoke about weight loss and wanting like quick, fast weight loss, that may be a way to, to get that. If that's what you're wanting, if you're actually wanting quick, fast weight loss and only on the scales, 
maybe, but keep in mind that's what you're going to get. You are not going to get sustainable weight loss. You are not going to change your body composition with a meal replacement. You're not going to build muscle mass with a meal replacement. And you, as I said, you're definitely not going to develop those key sustainable mindful eating tools because effectively you're just having a shake how are you going to be able to go am I full am I not full because you've got specified volume a specified calorie amount you've got a specified set protein fat carbohydrate amount these are heavily marketed and they have been for I mean ever since I could even think about food or nutrition or buying food for myself and they just keep going. Even the other day, I got sent a 28-day, 30-day program that, that used them. So I'm not making you wrong for A, asking the question, or B, considering it. But also keep in mind that because it's liquid, there is 10% of our total energy expenditure that is actually involved in the breakdown of food. So anything that is liquid, you're not going to be using that. And I think 10% of energy expenditure is very high. So where possible having real food, it is going to help with that satiety and it is going to lengthen the transit time of food effectively from, from mouth to stomach and any waste out, which is actually something that we want. I am going to be doing some more podcasts on weight loss versus body composition and mindful eating so stay tuned for all of those but I hope that's given you just a quick fire answer to your question. So in summary should I worry about my toddler not eating dinner? No. Snack logs good bad or ugly? Personally I love them I think the majority of the ingredients in them are really good and I find them really really practical. There are some considerations with that in terms of sugar and where you'd have them in your day as well as some added ingredients like emulsifiers and margarine too and meal replacements versus actual food food always unless there's particular reasons why you can't have actual food real food constantly practicing those mindful eating techniques constantly checking in with your body or at least trying to and learning to and stay tuned have a wonderful week, peeps, and I'm going to see you same time, same place next week. I just want to do a big shout out to our amazing 2024 sponsor, Momojo Kefir is an award-winning, tasty and highly nutritious probiotic kefir. It has over 100 billion live cultures and four delicious flavours, natural, which is my favourite, mango, vanilla and strawberry. Looking after and protecting our precious gut health is at the core of my nutrition principles. And this kefir is just incredible for doing exactly that. The best time to take action for you and your well-being is today. Check them out at most of our major supermarkets and health food stores. And remember, you count and you are worth it.